2: Moo, mad cow, mad
1: cow, mad cow, mad
0: cow, line dance
1: song. Hey, SunGuy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Guy with you along with our brand new co-host making his first appearance with us, Jason Chaos. Jason Chaos, welcome aboard.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome for having me. I'm over here playing my... Congos! Let's welcome the sheet uh, All right.
1: Well, real fast before we jump into things, if you are looking for some pro wrestling in the next couple of days, tonight, WCWO in the Outlaw Arena at Border 151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana, FGW in Hamilton, Ohio, Grind in East Hampton, Massachusetts, Wrestle Club running matches All day long for the next four days They are in Caldwell, Idaho Tomorrow You can find myself and Chicken Bob At Northwest Pro We are in Silverdale, Washington At the Wailing Days Festival Also Wrestle Club Back at it in Caldwell, Idaho CKW In Little Rock, Arkansas ECPW In Guilford, Connecticut XPW in Newark, New Jersey, PPW in Bedford, Indiana, PWK in Bourbon, Indiana, JICW in Martinsville, Indiana, and Wrestle arts happening in Indianapolis, Indiana. Without any further ado, I would like to welcome our guest on the show today. He is one of the premier managers in all of professional wrestling, someone I have been on shows with. We've been a little bit of Rivals over the year, but I'm happy to have him here on the show today. Sheikh Akbar el Admir Al Akbar, my apologies,
2: but Sheikh Admir, thank you for being here today. We definitely appreciate your time. It is great. I'm I'm, I'm calling you. I'm I'm here at Mar a Lago. You know my my good friend Donald Trump. He's kind of depressed. He's being indicted, so I'm trying to help him make, I'm trying to help him feel a little bit better.
1: Understandable Sometimes you just Gotta help out A WWE Hall of Famer
2: Yeah I mean He was showing me Some really cool stuff Like he was gonna Go to war with Iran He was showing me All these papers Apparently he wasn't Supposed to
0: Shh You gotta keep well, That private yeah, You I know I will
2: We'll, get... we'll babe that
0: I know We gotta <laughs> keep That private You know That's some secret stuff You know You gotta keep That Hall of Fame Stuff secret You know <laughs> You're right
1: yeah. Well, Seek, yeah. it is your first time with us, I'm going to give you our traditional first-timer question today. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling?
2: Well, it's like I started off, I, like, I'm guessing like everybody, I was just a fan. And I knew I was never going to be big enough to be a wrestler, but I just loved just being the loud guy in the front row that got people's attention. Like, you know, people would actually be talking about me like, hey, did you hear what that guy said? So I thought, you know, maybe I could be a manager. And um, I, I, I started out, I, I actually lived in Ohio where one of my friends started a promotion, and I trained there. And then when I moved to, to North Carolina, I hooked up with Gouge, and that's who I've been working for for the last, um, God, what year is this? 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Oh.
1: Everyone that – listens to this show knows that I am a massive fan of GOUGE. I've always enjoyed it. It's been an honor to get to work for them a few times over the years. But for the fans that might be new and aren't familiar, GOUGE stands for Gimmicks Only Underground Grappling Entertainment and it's a little bit of a different type of promotion. Ran there in Raleigh, North Carolina. But can you tell us how you came to be part of GOUGE?
2: I remember this was probably around like 2009 or so. I just saw a poster for a show and it said it was like, you know, it was wrestling and there was like a comedic edge to it. I'm like, oh, wow, this sounds right up my alley. So I I went and saw a show. It was at the old Volume 11 Tavern. And after the show, I uh, I talked to the promoter. His name was Count Grog. I told them, you know, I had some experience with wrestling and I, I did comedy and I wanted to get involved. And I wound up going to a show. I was actually supposed to be a manager on a show and they wound up not having a referee. So I refereed on the first show, but then I, I debuted as a manager a few months later.
1: Uh, over the years Gouge, you have managed a lot of really great talent. And you have managed against a lot of really great talent. Uh, You've seen a lot of people come through there that fans would recognize from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And if they're independent fans from a lot of different shows that these people have done, uh, we've seen people like Timmy Lou Retton become breakout stars and appear on the big stage. Casey Carlisle had some spots at WWE, and she worked at Gouge a few times. Seymour Snot, very, very well-known independent wrestler. Who would you say are some of the people on that Gouge roster over the years that you've been with the company that have been your favorite people to work either with or against?
2: Well, you already mentioned Seymour Snot. It's, just, it's, it's always fun working with him. We, we, I mean, he's been, I guess, my one of my enemies since I started with Gouge, since he's always been on the other side. But he's always good to work with. Um, I always had fun working with uh, Jimmy Jack Funk Jr. and of course Count grogg There's been a couple of times when him and I have been in opposite corners. You know, you have a manager in each corner, and that's that's always a blast. The the best thing one time we had um. About a year or two ago, we had the boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant, on the show, and he actually choked me out, put me in the sleeper hole, so that was, that was pretty – I was excited by that. I'm like, wow, I'm actually in the ring with a, an actual legend.
1: Uh, you speak so you of be in the being back in back opposite back. corners with Count Grog. Mm-hmm. On a match, I was involved with a while back at Gouge in – Our corner, Bobby Wolfert and I had a stuffed monkey named Monkey. We had Bentley the Bulldog, and we had Chicken Bob. Have you ever been involved in a match that had three people in the opposite team's corner gunning for you?
2: Uh, No, but if I remember right, that's the match where um, Bentley the Bulldog actually caused me to bleed from the nose.
0: I don't know though. Looks like he has some good backing. Hey sign guy, it looks like he has some good backing, you know. I mean he's got if he's a Trump fan if he was over in Mar a Lago, I know he has uh wild thing Steve Steve Ray's backing because I know he's a big Trump supporter and so, so am I. You know, I mean he is you know, if he's a big Trump supporter, he's got the backing of making America great again. So, you know you know, he can take three on one.
2: I think, as Akbar, here, I want to make Arabia great again. Well,
1: there, you uh, there you go. If my memory serves, you slipped and fell and hit me in my head, causing me to fall backwards and get pinned. So you didn't actually need a support in that match, apparently.
2: Okay. I- I'm sorry about that.
1: So is my head now you of course being a manager just in general and on top of that being a chic in a post 9-11 world i'm sure you've had some moments out there that got a little bit tense with the fans watching what would you say was the scariest moment that you've had as a manager
2: well, oddly enough, this wasn't actually on a wrestling show, but I was—I was still the chic. My uh, my friends have a—they're a local band. Their name is Kiff, stands for is for Fools. And uh, we decided a couple of years ago that kind of, you know, kind of as a joke, that besides being a wrestling manager, I was also their manager. And I was introducing them at a show one time, and it was the funny thing is it was, it was too hot to even wear like the full chic get getup. I was wearing the uh, the headscarf and you know just a, a regular shirt. So you know, I give my my spiel, introduce them next thing I know there's a there's one guy yelling at me. next thing I know, I'm knocked out. Somebody actually punched me in the back of the head, gave me a concussion. Oh
1: man, that's a rough day at the office.
2: yeah, that was a and I saw a video of it, and I'm standing like you know in the Looney Tunes cartoon when someone gets knocked out, they stand up, they're all you know, loopy, just standing there. Like, except for the stars going around my head, that's exactly what I look like.
1: I actually one time literally did see stars, and I didn't think it was a real phenomenon until that point. So I understand completely what you went through.
0: Yeah, so, the fans so, are so, more so. dangerous than your opponents. This is actually a I think.
2: This was a few years ago, because uh, Gouge used to do shows downtown Raleigh on the 4th of July, and this was after the last match. I'm standing near the ring, and I'm still wearing, you know, the, the full sheet getup, and I see these two, obviously, Muslim ladies wearing the um, the hijab and everything, they're walking down the street. They're walking towards me, like, so I'm looking at them. They're looking at me, and they start laughing, so that I start laughing, So at first I'm like, oh, they might get really offended by this
1: Uh, do you get a lot of people from the Arabic world that will show up at shows and just presume that you're one of them and support you that way
2: no that's never that's never actually happened before uh, i I think um well not to, <laughs> not sure how far you go into k on this show, but you probably have guessed I'm not actually uh Middle Eastern, I think actual Middle Eastern people can tell I'm not, but other people think I am. It just depends on your background, I suppose.
1: Probably very true. Probably depends on how diverse the region is as far as being able to tell a difference, I'm sure.
2: But you'll like the story. A few years ago, I was applying for a job. I was um, going to be doing marketing for this company. And the guy interviewing me, he was, you know, he was Middle Eastern. He was, he told me he was a Muslim. So like, when he said he was going to hire me, I told him like, you know, can I tell you something first? I'm like, I do this character on a wrestling show, and I made sure he was okay with it because like, I would rather tell him than him find out later. And like, he he knew it was, you know, for lack of a better term, a joke, so he was okay with it. But that was a that was kind of something I was never expected to talk about in a job interview. Yeah. Uh, did he hire you straight away? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he hired me. He Him and I – actually, I still talk to him every once in a while. Neither one of us has worked for that company a while, but I uh I have to talk to him every once in a while. Do people
0: on the indie scene, do they still follow Kayfabe?
2: Do I'm they sorry, still
0: again? Do people on the indie scene still follow Fabe?
2: I mean, like or during 100? the. I would say at least during, like during the, shows the shows? Do, but Yeah. Yeah, during the show, though, I'm going to be, yeah, I'll be Akbar during the show. But if you know, if you catch me after the show, especially if I'm drinking a beer, that kind of breaks the character right there.
0: Okay.
1: You mentioned how it was hot on that one show, and a lot of times, Galax will do outdoor shows at breweries and festivals and so forth. And in North Carolina, it can be extremely hot, especially in the summer. What would you say has been the hottest show temperature-wise that you've done?
2: Oh, God. There was one last year, I forget which uh, brewery it was at, but I'm like, I felt, good. I was sweating when I was just, you know, standing outside the ring. So I definitely felt sorry for the guys moving around inside the ring. I'm like, I'm surprised that they didn't get, you know, burned from the, the canvas. It was, I don't know how, it was at least in the 90s that day.
1: Uh, was it a canvas, mat or was it a vinyl?
2: We' uh, Pretty sure it's canvas we've got.
1: You're very lucky there because the vinyl ones will definitely burn you in that type of heat.
2: Oh, there yeah, you. I can imagine. It's like the, the, the old school car seats. If you're wearing shorts now, you're going to be dead when you get up. Exactly.
0: Or if you're wearing leather. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Now, we know that you uh, primarily work there in North Carolina. You said you were originally trained in Ohio, but what would you say has been the farthest trip that you've made so far for wrestling?
0: Um,
2: well, let's see. When I... I actually did, me and some other gouge people, we did a show in Pittsburgh a few years ago, and that's when I was living in North Carolina, so that was a a pretty long trip. I remember, um, I forget exactly who Grog knew and how he got set up, but I had some friends in Pittsburgh. Plus, if you've ever eaten some anti-brothers in Pittsburgh, I'm like, I will go to this show as long as we get to eat there for lunch.
1: That's a good payoff right there. (laughs) Well my brand new co host, Jason Chaos, I'm sure has a bunch of questions, so I'm gonna let him take the lead on things for a bit. So Jason Chaos, if you have some questions for the sheet, go for it.
0: Okay, what style do you prefer working more like the hardcore style or do you like more the technical style? Like a, a I mean do you prefer your wrestlers to work? The ones that you manage.
2: Well yeah, I guess in that case it's you know, it's more of a more of hardcore stuff, because with, with technical, you don't really have a chance. I don't really have much of a chance yeah. to get involved in there, like, you know. So yeah. I, I really like the sure. old school, you know, old school heel heat, you know, bring the, bring the guy over, let me choke him out, you know, have a weapon, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I love guys like, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jim Cornette, those guys, I, I, I love that kind of stuff.
0: So who was your idol? Which one was your idol?
2: You know what's funny? When I was a little kid, like, I hated Bobby Heenan, but then he became my favorite. I, I yeah. he's the one person I really wish I would have gotten the chance to meet before he passed away. Yeah.
0: Or are, are you a Heyman fan? Or. Oh yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love Heyman. I got to meet him
2: after an ECW yeah. show. Uh, yeah. I, I, God, it was like years ago, back in Tampa. In fact, it was the um, every time they showed an ECW retrospective, they always showed the uh, the fans full of. <laughs> Uh, the ring full of fans dancing with public enemy where the ring collapses. That was actually in Tampa, I was at that show. Yep. If you lo- if you know where to look, you can see me standing on the second rope when the ring collapsed.
0: That was a good show. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was a question? he was a geni- he was a genius but he didn't know how to pay. Yeah. All his checks bounced.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah, I didn't yeah, work
0: for I him. I worked I worked for him years ago, but yeah. All his checks bounce. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that yeah. many times.
0: Yeah.
1: Now she one of the things that you mentioned a little bit, but wrestling is a physical contact sport and blood is part of that in the last several years a lot of people have taken a hard stance on the issue of blood just because of what medical science has learned over the last few years some people feel that blood is something we shouldn't have in matches some people feel it should be used sparingly and then there's some that would use it every single match if they could. Uh, there's commissions in some states that outlaw it, where a lot of states, people are free to do what they want, and you see a lot more of the hardcore and death match, wrestling with lots and lots of blood in it. Where do you stand on the issue of having blood in wrestling?
2: I would say use, using it sparingly because there's, in some cases, like, you know, the 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 blood helps out, you know. And, um, sorry, my brain's not working. It it works for the storyline, you know. Like someone if someone gets injured really bad, they're bleeding. That's going to look good. But if you have it in every match, then it doesn't. It's not important anymore. And if you know if someone is getting destroyed in the ring and there's no blood, that I mean, sure nobody nobody believes that wrestling is quote unquote real anymore. But if you're getting brutalized and there's no blood, you're you know you need some realism involved. You know what I mean? So I say, yeah, sparing sparing use of blood, I think, is is important.
1: Now, in a related bit, wrestling leads to injuries, whether there is blood involved or not, and anyone that is involved at some point in time will have some type of injury, whether it's something very minor or something – Much more serious. Uh, Jason Chaos and I can both relate to having serious injuries in our careers. Have you personally had very many actual injuries in your days in
2: wrestling? Not a lot, but I remember like the uh, the one injury that I remember was was just stupid. It was like it was um it was Otto Schwanz was uh, beating me up after a match, and I thought he was trying to uh, give me a hip toss you know, get me on you know, get me on my back. But he was just trying to like throw me forward so I land on my stomach. So I could tell as soon as I landed, like I landed really wrong and somehow, you know, hurt a rib and it, it just sucked. It was like a rib injury is one of those things that like it hurts when you do anything. And I remember at one point, I forget if it was the same show or not, uh Timmy Liu actually came off the uh the top rope on me and I was like I'm like, Oh, yep, that's the same rib. So I'm like, that's the one time like Yes, yeah, but it looks like I was wincing in pain the ring. I'm like that was definitely real. I always say I injure myself in like the most ridiculous ways. I I've, I've joked I could be thrown off the top of a steel cage and probably be fine, but then I'll twist my ankle going to the the concession stand after the show.
1: It usually seems like it's the smallest of things that trigger the worst injuries, not just that Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's not just you it's Pretty much everybody I've talked to, it seems like uh, when they have the really big injuries, it's something that you wouldn't consider triggering something really bad.
2: Yeah. It's because a lot of times when someone gets, you're like, wait, what just happened? It's not like, it's kind of funny how it it, it seems to happen in more routine stuff than, you know, Foley gets thrown off the top of the ca- the hell in the cell through the, the table, he was okay, but. Other times people are like, wait, what just happened? The match just stopped.
1: Exactly. As a manager, have you ever been involved in a situation where the person you were managing was injured and you had to sort of step in and buy time for that person to be able to continue or be able to figure out what to
2: do next? No, I've I've actually gotten lucky. I've I've actually thought about that before, you know, what I would do in that situation, but no, it never actually happened.
1: You're definitely lucky in that regard. That's not an easy thing to be able to decide on the spot. Right. In North Carolina, where you are, if you spent most of your career, has a really long history in pro wrestling dating back to the 1930s when Jim Crockett Sr. started a territory there. And we've seen pro wrestling in North Carolina as a territory. And when independent wrestling replaced the territorial system, North Carolina had many different organizations in it and they use a lot of really big names that were coming off of television because a lot of wrestlers had based themselves in North Carolina. Do you personally do a lot of historical research into the North Carolina wrestling scene?
2: No, not really. I don't, I mean, it's funny, I'm originally from Florida, so I do like looking up all like the old championship wrestling from Florida and stuff like that. Um, I can actually tell you, I remember the first wrestling match, the first wrestling show I ever went to, I was maybe five or six years old. It was a championship wrestling from Florida, Robarts Arena in Sarasota. The main event, cause I didn't know because I saw a poster later, was the Funk versus the Briscoes in a cage. But my one memory as, as a little kid was Ox Baker yelling at some fan shut up, you goddamn redneck. And I'm like, the little kid, like, wow, I heard someone say a bad word in public, but that's, that's like the one thing I remember from my first show. Oxbaker could put the
1: fear of God into most people at one point in time, for sure.
2: Yep. I would, by the way, I'm still trying to find, like, I've been on a couple of different, like, CWF archives. I'm trying to find a poster or card from that show, because like I said, I know it was, Early 80s, and it was the Funks and the Briscoes in a cage for the, in the main event, but I don't remember anything else about it.
0: Terry Funk was a brilliant man, a brilliant heel. Oh, the best yeah. thing to do right now is political. Call them if you need to, like, buy some time. A dirty, egg-sucking Biden lover, you know, a Democrat. <laughs> right now, with what's going on? You know, just make fun of them. Say, I'm going to go talk to my buddy Donald Trump. And I'm like, kick your butt, you know? Let's build a wall. You know, just bring up some politics. What, what, you know, I've seen people do is, you know, bring a bar of soap. Tell them that they need to, you know, take a bath. Throw the soap at them. You know, have that like Nothing in your back pocket you, think you need you. to buy some time. Hmm. That's a quick, you know, way to buy some time.
2: The the soap thing reminds me of uh, of Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Who's uh, Andy Kaufman is one of my heroes when it comes to, well, I guess both comedy and wrestling.
0: He was a genius. I'm so happy he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the man was a genius when it comes to being a heel. Yeah. I mean, the man was a genius. He was one of my favorite heels. I mean, yeah, definitely, When I started, definitely. when I started, you know, thinking about becoming a heel, I mean, I watched all his old stuff with him and Lawler, I mean, it was amazing. I mean it was amazing looking think, at, what, at some of the old Tennessee stuff.
2: Yeah. When they were doing that in the early eighties, like, you know, everybody, you know, everyone was a mark then, so it worked even better. They're like
0: Yeah.
2: I can just imagine if someone was like, wait, this is a guy that I see on taxi. What is he doing? I had been Yeah I wish I could have been around for that.
0: Yeah. That that's why that's why I like my bongo, you know? I actually have a little, I bought a little bongo. You know, I like using my bongo.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, that know what you hear in the background. That's, uh, that's Leonard the cat. He likes to uh, talk in the background when I'm on the phone.
1: Now, has he ever made an appearance as a co-manager for you?
2: <laughs> Leonard hasn't, but you've, you've met Bentley the Bulldog. He actually, uh, yeah, we might have been enemies that day, but he's actually he's sitting he's actually sleeping next to me on the couch right now.
1: I'm going to presume he listens to us every single week because he and I got along great.
2: Wait, say that again.
1: I presume he listens to us every week because Bentley and I got along really great.
2: Oh, yeah, he's actually the one that told me about the show. He was listening to it one day when I got home. Like, Bentley, what are you listening to?
1: Doesn't surprise me a bit. Now, of course, in our business, once people get into wrestling, one of the things that inevitably they will at least run through their mind at some point in time is promoting their own shows just for the experience. Uh, some people want to do it because that's mm-hmm. what role they want to do. Some people do it sort of as a a side hobby where they'll run their own promotion but continue to work for other promotions as well. Have you ever considered at any point running your own show?
2: I mean I've thought about it in like the uh i guess simplest terms possible like so like, hey, you know what maybe I could do something with this, but like i never i can't really say i've any put I've ever put any serious thought into it i'm I, I guess I'm not always, even though I'm a wrestling manager, I don't like actually managing stuff. I'm, I, I'm not really a big fan of being in charge.
1: Gotcha. That would definitely make it hard to be a promoter for sure.
2: I mean, you might know when I'm not when I'm not doing the wrestling stuff. My uh, my real job is I'm actually uh, I, I own a a dog walking and pet sitting company, and I always joke with clients. I'm like, yes, I'm really good at the pet sitting part. Not so great, the running a business part.
1: One of the other roles that a lot of people will do at some point in time or another is training the next proper wrestlers. I know you have primarily been a manager, but managers need to be trained how to do things correctly so they know where to be, when to be there, how to react, things of that nature. Have you ever done the training aspect of this for the new crop of managers trying to get into the business?
2: I've never really had the opportunity because there's really, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that want to be managers, and a lot of times if someone is a manager, it's because they used to be a wrestler. It just, It's not something I'd, I'd be opposed to doing. I just never had the opportunity.
1: Well, hopefully at some point someone will Grant that opportunity. I think that would be beneficial for all involved.
2: Yeah. That would be fun. You're yeah. you someone how to be annoying like me. Someone's got a, a, lot of
0: times they need, a lot of times they need the training because a lot of times the guys bring their girlfriends and have them do it on the indie scene or their boyfriends, right. but they're not trained. They're just out there for like eye candy, but you know they can get in the way when someone's being thrown out of the ring. You know they can get hurt, or the wrestler can get hurt. You know, and you didn't know you know how to get out of the way.
2: Yeah, I've seen that at showed before. Like you know, you should never have someone just yeah ne- never never have someone who doesn't know what they're doing be at ringside. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: the manager role is often linked with the referee role in professional wrestling because if
0: yeah.
1: both sides know what they are doing, the referee and the manager can work together to make a good match yeah. better. They can save a bad match if it needs it. If there are younger wrestlers, uh, usually the referee and the manager can help guide them or buy time if yeah. need be. It's easy for a referee and a manager to spread time out a little bit if that's needed or to quicken things along if that's needed. I know you've worked with a lot of referees in the course of your career. Who would you say are some of the better ones out there that may not get all the credit they deserve?
2: Boy, I'm trying to – God, that's a question I didn't even think of. Um, I know he, I, he hasn't been doing gouge in a while, but I always liked uh, Mr. Jolly. I don't know if you knew him or not. He was like, he's an old friend of, of Grog's who's been doing uh, around wrestling forever. He was always uh, he was always nice to work with. The funny thing is about me, I used to tell people when I was a, when I was a living in Ohio, I was mainly a referee. And uh, have you refereed before, by the way? Yes, many, many a times. I, I, so you'll agree with that. I tell people the hardest thing about being um, a pro wrestling referee is not seeing stuff on purpose. It's like you have, you know, a couple hundred people telling you to to look in a certain direction and you're the only person who doesn't see it. It's like you wouldn't think it, 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 it's it's very, very hard to purposely not notice something.
1: Absolutely. And I will throw in it's even harder if you have, a more inexperienced wrestler that doesn't know how to turn the way you need them to turn when you're trying not to see something.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're a good referee, you want somebody in the audience to hand you their glasses when you come outside the ring. <laughs> yeah. Try to offer you offer you a pair of glasses. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like uh, you tell people like, at the referee, yeah. you need to be like the lead. Kind of, you need to appear to be the least observant person in the at the show.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, when you were refereeing, did you find having that experience helped you as a manager when you started doing managing, as far as knowing where to be and when to be there and things like that? Or was it two completely oh, different? Yeah. Sets.
2: No, I would definitely say it would help. That's why, like, I I know, like, a lot of people do start, you know, they'll they'll put them at the referee first, which I think is good because that, you know, that gives you the chance to, you know, I guess see how all the pieces move in the ring.
1: Absolutely. It's a great place to be to learn the hows and the whys and the wheres and that sort of thing in wrestling, which a lot of people – when they are starting out, don't fully realize that they have to know. Yep. Now, you as a manager know how to talk. I know you have a lot of really great interview skills, but one of the other talking roles in wrestling that on the independent circuit is very hit or miss, is the role of the commentator, and in the last few years, a lot of promotions have done live over the PA system commentary, and I have seen that go horrifically wrong because the commentators had no idea what they were doing or just were not good. I've seen it occasionally work really well to educate a new audience on what they were seeing, and give backgrounds on the wrestlers. But commentary is a different set of skills than managing. Have you ever delved much into that aspect of things?
2: I have That's one of the things I w- I would like to do it, but we just it's just not something I've had an, an opportunity to do. But I going back to what you said, I I've seen like the uh, the the live over the mic commentary only once. though I just thought. I thought it's a bad idea, especially, you know, if you're doing commentary and you're, you're talking about, like, you know, oh, here's, here's Son guy with a chair. I hope the ref doesn't see it, and you're actually saying that on the microphone. Well, obviously the ref, how are they not going to see it, hear it? It's like I, I don't like the idea of, uh, of the live commentary.
0: And a lot of time it's pronouncing the wrestlers' names and also censoring themselves from cussing. I've noticed that they cuss sometimes and slip in their children in the audience. That's something you never want to do. Right. As the commentators, the live commentators, I've seen that happen quite a few times. And that's something you never want to expose the children to.
2: Yeah, we try to, I mean, guys, we try to, because there's always kids there, so we try mm-hmm. to we try to keep it family friendly.
0: Because at Central State, i noticed they've done that. They've had those kind of slips. Yeah.
1: Yeah, live commentary, I don't know how it became a fad, really, but it just, more often than not, I've seen it go wrong for several different reasons, but on occasion I have seen it benefit a company, especially if it's a show that's in a brand-new area where they haven't had professional wrestling. I have seen it when someone was very, very good at it use it as a tool to sort of educate the audience, but getting people to truly know how to do it without burying the show or using it as sort of their own personal uh, getting over time, I'd say very uncommon that we have guys like that that know how to correctly use it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One of those things I would rather, you know, It's not something that I'm a fan of, and I'd rather not see that at shows. I think the only noise you really need is the noise of the crowd.
0: For sure. I know in the Midwest they're giving some of the college kids that are doing sports broadcasting credits from college, but a lot of them that were doing it, they don't know nothing about wrestling. For wrestling, they're just coming out like green. They don't know what they're talking about, so it makes it – less enjoyable for the fans because oh, I rewatch yeah, some but... of the matches. I rewatch some of the DVDs. It's like a baseball announcer not knowing the game of baseball, not knowing what the hits and the fouls are, you know what a home run is and Grand Slam. Just think of, of Art things.
2: Donovan at the King of the Ring a few years back in the 90s. He was, it was him with JR and Macho Man that by the end of the show, they, they weren't even talking to him anymore.
0: Exactly. Mr. Baseball trying to call WrestleMania. Yeah, this is Randy Savage with a jumping elbow, jumping bomb elbow.
2: Yeah, if you're gonna have a celebrity commentator or something like that, you gotta at least make sure they, they, they know something that they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I will see your Art Donovan and your Mister Baseball, and I will raise you Susan St. James at WrestleMania two.
0: Yep.
2: I was actually just yeah. watching the um, um, oh my god, are you familiar? Uh, uh, blank. OSW, do you familiar with a, a YouTube show called the OSW Review, the Old School Wrestling Review? Yes, familiar uh, with it. Yeah, I was actually watching their 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 um their WrestleMania two episode. Yeah, they were they were definitely shitting on Susan St James yeah, she did not know what she was doing. Wow, well,
1: I, I have believe to she was, was there her. because she was dating mm-hmm. the producer of Saturday night's main event
2: at the time. Yes, yes, I believe you're right.
0: Well, I mean, we do have a Snucky. She's campaigning for a Hall of Fame bed. I mean, she at least was decent in the ring, quasi, you know. She at least did did a couple kind of flips, you know, backhand spring kind of sort
2: of. I had blocked that memory from my
0: mind. I know. I have to give her kind of a little bit of credit for that, you know? Itty bitty bit. You know? <laughs> At least she was more than a Jesse Goddard guy that attempted something, Yeah. You know?
2: Don't remember that. Yeah. Now,
1: I have I to give it some people credit. on the independent it circuit, but once in a while, independent promoters will use local... Celebrities on a show uh, It might be Like a high school principal or teacher If they're running at a high school Or they yeah. might be a local fire department Or a radio DJ uh, Have you ever yeah. Had to work directly with A local celebrity that a promoter Was using
0: Yes I have I
2: personally I, can't portable, I don't recall That being on a show, I'm like, I'm not saying it never happened, but if, if it was, I wasn't directly involved in it.
0: Okay, they brought in a guy from a radio station that was known for having hundred dollar bills stapled to his bo- naked body. He oh, used God. to run around. He used to run around town, and people would go to him and rip the the dollar bills off of him. That's what he's known for. Yeah, that was his whole that gimmick. Found- he was like. He was like a Howard Stern type of guy, you know, one of those type of people, yeah. Jock Jock. Yep, yep.
2: That sounds yeah. terrible.
0: He was worse than, than the Snooky thing. I mean, it was worse performance than that. I would rather, I think the Snooky would get a 10 points out of 10 compared to a 2 point out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like it. It was it was like the blob, you know, compared to something that you can work with somewhat. You know, it, it's going to give me a nightmare, just thinking about that tonight. Just mentioning <laughs> it, it's going to give me nightmares. Yeah. Sorry about so giving nightmares,
1: Jason Chaos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like I now have to watch over
1: the whole Gouge. Night. We know <laughs> that it's been around for a very, very long time and several years ago someone made a documentary about Gouge. Did you have a chance to see that documentary and have thoughts on it?
2: Wait, I don't know if I knew about this.
1: Um, well surprised. Um, there is a Gouge documentary, and I am going to try to find that and send it your way if you've not seen it. But, yeah, there was a documentary. It's been several years now, but it was uh, focusing on Gouge and the people within it.
0: Yeah, it's on YouTube because I watched it last night.
2: Wow. I, you know what's funny? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to feel really dumb if I'm actually in it and I forgot about it. But, no, I don't think I've heard about it. I will get it to you for sure My brain doesn't work too well Mm -hmm.
1: Now speaking of of Wrestling documentaries It was announced In the last day or two That on Christmas Day The long awaited Von Eric movie will be hitting theaters This is Going to be probably The largest scale wrestling-related movie with a theatrical release. A lot of big-name actors are in it, and being released on Christmas Day is usually a big deal for a film. Have you been following the news of the movie so far, or have you been looking forward to it, or is it not on your radar?
2: Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about it a few months ago for the first time. Yeah, I'm definitely... I'm definitely interested in seeing that movie. It's, I'm, I'm hoping it's really good. I remember seeing uh, when the wrestler—I mean, I not really the same thing—but the wrestler when it came out, I saw it with people who weren't wrestling fans, and they all really liked it.
1: Now the von Eric story is is completely filled with tragedy. Of course, uh, all the one of the brothers passed away before the age of thirty-five. Uh, The the father was Sort of vilified After the boys had passed away Rightly or wrongly Uh, At one point in time They were Seen as almost royalty Within the state of Texas Even though they were uh, Committing crimes and so forth And fans would overlook it Until a couple of the boys Passed away Do you think that having the Vaughn the focus with all of the tragedies is going to paint the wrestling business in general in a bad light to mainstream audiences? Or do you think that having the movie out and having it be wrestling-related is actually going to spark something of a mainstream interest in pro wrestling?
2: I'm hoping it sparks like, you know, a mainstream interest in pro wrestling. And I really don't see it making the wrestling business look bad because it's gonna be you know, th- this was in the eighties. This was you know, this was forty years ago, so I'm thinking even if people have a problem with what's happening in it, they'll be able to say like, hey, th- it's not like this anymore
0: See, I'm looking Absolutely. forward to the at... honor Oh sorry. I'm looking forward All to the for- one Sorry, I'm looking forward to the Von Eric movie at Christmas. I'm a little scared to have Zac Efron being Carrie. That's a little kind of scary. The high school music guy being Carrie Von Eric. Yeah. I know they're making a Hulk Hogan movie for Netflix. That looks pretty promising.
2: I remember – do you remember when The Wrestler was first being made, Hulk Hogan tried to claim that they wanted him to be in the movie as, as you know, that. the lead character like that? Yeah. It was just ridiculous. Think of how bad that movie would have been.
1: And they also had Nicolas Cage tied to that movie for quite a while too
0: before mm. I Mickey Work yeah. ended
1: up in the role. Mm-hmm.
0: I was actually pr- pretty pleased with Mickey Work. I think he did a decent job.
2: Oh yeah, that that whole movie. You know, mm. is like, I I didn't mm. I didn't think of Mickey Rourke while watching that movie. I, it, it was almost like watching. Mm an old school wrestler because there are so many people who we just you know if you ever had a conversation with i don't know tracy smothers you know greg valentine any old school guy it's like it reminded me of talking to them
0: mm. yeah mm.
1: now speaking mm. of tracy smothers did you get much of a chance to work with him
2: i actually met him a couple of times when uh when i was in ohio yeah he was he was a really nice guy and his uh his daughter worked for Gouge once or twice.
1: Uh, Jesse Bell Smothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I spent the last several years of Tracy Smothers apologizing to him uh, because I almost died in front of him. He was a little shaken by that, but so I was glad Tracy was shook for the rest of his life.
2: <laughs> oh. I got to hear you? The story now.
1: Uh, I I will give you the story uh, when we're done with this for sure. I'll even send you footage if you'd like.
0: <laughs> okay. I have to see that too. <laughs> I
1: okay. got you guys. Mm. Uh, in North Carolina, like I said earlier, there were a lot of wrestlers
0: that made
1: their home base there when Jim Crockett Promotions was going, and they just stayed in North Carolina, and when independence started catching on and becoming the norm, they worked all over the independence circuit there. You had guys like the Barbarian and Ivan Koloff and the Italian stallion, and so many of these guys that spent 15, 20 years working independence in and around North Carolina. Who are some of the names that might have helped you along as far as advice and giving critiques and things of that nature when you were starting out?
2: Well, I mean, I never really got, uh, like, not really in North Carolina, but, yeah, when I was in Ohio, I got to meet, like, uh, the Tracy Smothers. Uh, if you're familiar with Chris Hamrick, he was a really nice guy. Talked to him a couple of times. I'm trying to think who else. Um God, my mind is just totally blatant. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. Like I told you, I I had a minor surgery early this week, and I, I think the anesthesia is still affecting my brain. Um,
0: God, who else do I
2: – I did – oh, I, I this is actually more recently, but after a, he did a comedy show here, I got to talk to Mick Foley, and he's that's one of my idols. Like, so I, He's just always a – a great person to talk to. I never really got a chance to talk to that many other managers, though. I get I briefly met Jim Cornette one time, but it was at a a fan fest kind of thing, so I didn't really have much of a chance to talk to him for that long.
1: Now, Cal Grog likes to run as many things as he can on a show that would make Jim Cornette's head explode. Hey. How is it working on shows where? You look up to Jim Cornette, but at the same time, you're doing things that you might go on a tangent about on his podcast.
0: Hey,
2: I figure, you know, it, um, if they talk about you at all, good or bad, you know, I'm happy just to be talked about it. So I wouldn't actually mind if he – I know I do things sometimes that people that not everyone is going to like, but pretty much I think of the same way I do uh, – the same way I think of my comedy. As long as, long as I like it, I'm okay with it
1: policy. Well, we're getting down to the last few minutes. Jason did you have any closing
0: questions? Uh, if you could, if you could work a match with one person, who would it be? That's currently uh, on the WWE and currently on the AEW roster and currently on the Ring of Honor roster. I'm just curious, who would be your dream? Dream person to work with.
2: I actually, I mean, I, I haven't. I'm not quite as big a bigger fan of him as, as I used to be, but I would. Uh, I think I'd like to have some kind of a program with Chris Jericho, just because he's got. He's a good talker, and I, I think going doing some kind of a back and forth with him could be a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Not a bad pick at all there. Eh? Oh, chic. She- Amir Al Akbar, we are done in the last few minutes, and I want to make sure you have plenty of time if you want to say anything at all to the listeners, if you want to plug and promote anything at all—social media, upcoming appearances, merchandise, your favorite barbecue restaurant, anything that you would like. Floor is all yours.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Jihad Me at Hello is my is me on Twitter. I know that's going to be on your uh, you had it on your Twitter page. Um, let's see, I, um, yes, when I'm not When I'm not Sheik Admiral Akbar, I'm a comedian Named Phil Crew, and I'm going to be doing North Carolina's Funniest Sometimes, it was supposed to be last week, but the Club actually closed down because they had a pipe burst So I'm not quite sure when that's being Rescheduled um, Yeah, You can check out GougeWrestling.com You can check out Twitter, and hey If you live in the Raleigh area, and you have a dog Or a cat, and you want The Sheik to, want to see your animal Check out Funny Bone Pet Sitting, that's me
1: Sheik, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on here. You know you are welcome back any time, and hopefully our paths will cross at some point in the near future. Hopefully I will make my way back to Gouge at some point. And thank you so much for being here. We know you're not 100%, but I definitely appreciate you being here today.
2: You're welcome. Uh, Good talking to you.
0: It's been a very fun time.
2: Fans, if you have not seen the Sheik
1: before, remedy that. He is a fantastic manager, absolutely phenomenal. You will enjoy his work. Get out there and look him up. Also support his comedy. And as we wrap things up, Jason Chaos, you have anything you want to say, plug, or promote?
0: I am very good.
1: All right. Hope, oh, you can
0: enjoy right the show so. today.
1: Absolutely. You can find myself in Chicken Bob tomorrow in Silverdale, Washington at the Wailing Days Festival. That's for Northwest Pro. If you have some wrestling anywhere near you, get out there and support it. Uh, The World's Finest Wrestling Show tomorrow in Connersville, Indiana, where I was originally booked, was cancelled due to situations out of the control of the company. Uh, They had to cancel that no make date announced as of yet but hopefully they will be back soon and i'll be able to make my way there but if you were planning on the first ever women's title tournament that is off for now but stay tuned for details on when that becomes a reality we will be back with you sunday afternoon this sunday we have the queen of the barefoot death match sarah docks on the show And one week from today, we have Derek Destiny, professional wrestler out of the state of Rhode Island, who is making a comeback after a 10-year absence. We're looking forward to having him. Everybody stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon.